This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.48am, you're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Shaoning and Keith. Now, despite Malaysia's commitment to reduce its reliance on foreign workers, persistent issues with unemployed migrant workers underscore significant challenges. Currently, Malaysia hosts about 2 million migrant workers distributed across five main sectors. However, the government-imposed freeze on new foreign worker recruitment has affected labour-intensive industries grappling with manpower shortages. And to address these issues, the government has made several plans that include reviewing all MOUs with source countries, allowing the transfer of quotas, particularly in the agriculture sector, reducing foreign worker recruitment process duration. How do these measures aim to resolve the issues of foreign labour in Malaysian industries? For some thoughts on this, we have on the line with us Adrian Pereira, Executive Director of the North-South Initiative. Adrian, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Always good to have you. Now let's take a look at some of these plans that the government has, right? They're planning to review the MOUs with 15 source countries regarding the recruitment of foreign workers. What factors are driving this decision and what issues prompted the need for a comprehensive review of these uh, agreements? Uh, yeah, good morning and thanks for having me. Uh, so every time a minister comes into office, uh, he makes certain discoveries. And I think uh, Stephen Sim, the minister is quick uh, to uh, and very pucker, la, we can say it's pucker to some of the structural issues and problems that have been going on. So um, while there's a broader reform that is needed, uh, looking at MOUs is just one part of the larger reforms because MOUs try to overcome uh, the one solution fits all uh, processes in our regulation. So uh, while it's a very... Uh, needed move. Uh, unfortunately, MOUs are kept confidential and it's very almost impossible for civil society to play uh, a role of check and balance, but it is needed. And uh, I think one of the recent uh, events that triggered uh, the attention to review uh, is uh, either the abusers uh, that have been happening in terms of the human trafficking and job scam issue uh, and also uh, some mismatch in terms of coordinating the numbers and recalibrating the actual numbers of workers Malaysia needs. Adrian, on uh, March 17 last year, the government stopped approving quota applications for foreign workers, including those under the Foreign Worker Employment Relaxation Plan across all sectors. Can you, can you explain the reasons and impact from this freeze? Yeah, so um, Malaysia has kept uh, a magical number of 15% in the uh, of, of migrant workers in the labor workforce. Uh, the reality is there's a much larger number of uh, informal workers who have been there um, and those numbers fluctuate. And uh, as the government, uh, as our prime minister goes all over the world looking for investment, and he brings back the numbers in terms of, uh, of financial investment and uh, that needs to be matched with industries, uh, new industries growing uh, with a need for foreign workers. So uh, whenever there is a freeze, uh, there's actually uh, a time to uh, to relook at, at numbers and fix certain uh, problems in the regulation. Uh, but the problem is freezers and moratoriums actually uh, is kind of like a human rights violation because uh, in our UDHR, 
uh, people have the right to mobility and the right to work. So when we put moratoriums and freezers, it's actually uh, a very artificial and superficial way of uh, of managing labor. It's just short-term uh, uh, fixes that could be harmful for the country. Adrian, how do we balance the needs of businesses you know, versus ensuring that we want a system that has integrity and good oversight when it comes to the labor migration system? Yeah, uh, it's a very good question, an important question, because uh, currently there's a tussle of foreign workers management between two ministries. And uh, we have to have very honest conversations about uh, the role of, for example, the one-stop center, uh, who are the individuals bypassing uh, the regular recruitment processes because we have a system in place. Uh, it's just that uh, headhunting is an extremely lucrative business and also uh, a very big source of income for the government. Uh, so we have to make very moral and ethical decisions on uh, the fundamentals of how we, we want to look at labour migration because uh, industries continue to need workers uh, we need to look at the the honest needs, uh, the actual needs by sector uh, and not put a general cap and say, hey, we have achieved 15%, we cannot go beyond. Uh, that that won't work. So we need more uh, We need more data. And in the past, we have had uh, Ilmia. Actually, it's a think tank to look at the numbers, to look at the industry needs. Uh, it has now been absorbed into the Department of Statistics, which may be a good thing. Uh, and, you know, honest dialogues with the industry uh, is very needed. So one of the headlines that came out this week was the fact that the government is going to reduce the duration for foreign worker recruitment applications from 29 months and 13 days to 15 months and 23 days. That's a 46% reduction. But uh, it still sounds like a very long time for these applications to be uh, approved or cleared. Um, can you talk to us about this? What it would, What is it going to take for this reduction in application process time to materialize? Yeah, so, I mean, the the industries, even pre-pandemic, many industries were literally uh, begging the government to, to, to smoothen and fasten the foreign workers' uh, recruitment processes. Uh, why it takes so long, to be honest, it's really beyond my comprehension <laughs> because there is a very clear SOP. Uh, it shouldn't be so complicated, but what looks like um, is happening is the certain actors taking advantage and haggling mm. uh, for you know better uh, or higher recruitment fees. Um, this is happening on both sides of the border. So um, and these actors are unfortunately holding. Uh, I dare to say holding industries at ransom because uh, if you don't pay, you don't get your workers. And many employers and industries are desperate. For workers, you, you need workers. Uh, every day uh, is a huge loss to both uh, industry, uh, the government, oh yeah, and of course the workers themselves. Mm. Adrian, um, allowing employers to transfer quotas in sectors with worker shortages might impact the distribution of workers and the overall labour availability. What steps do you think the government can take to ensure a fair implementation that prevents exploitation in the, in the labour market? Yeah, I mean, we are... Uh, quite well known 
or notorious, in other words, for forced labor conditions. And one of the factors is we have tied the workers' visa to one employer. Okay, uh, in Qatar, it's known uh, similarly to the kafala system, and Qatar has got rid of that. Um, so having some degree, a balance between uh, flexibility of work uh, and um, and uh, safeguarding of of security, uh, welfare, uh, the ability to 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 change employers uh, is very important because uh, you can avoid forced labor conditions, and uh, yeah, I mean to to ensure that uh, there's no mismatch of figures and you know to balance between the needs, supply and demand. Uh, it, 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 we just have to put a bit more. Uh, thought processes into it, yeah. Adrian, recently we also saw headlines where workers paid, you know, quite large sums to come to Malaysia only to find that there were no jobs available at all. Um, how do we avoid this so that, you know, migrant workers don't essentially aren't cheated out of their savings? So there's two parts of, uh, of what's happening. One is human trafficking. Mm. So uh, some uh, very uh, intelligent and uh, quite nasty people have decided uh, that they want to exploit uh, some loopholes in the system to make a very quick buck in a very large way. So that human trafficking traffickers has used uh, formal systems uh, within the recruitment system to bring in workers. Quite, uh, if you ask me, it's quite uh, quite uh, a genius way to to make money, but. Um, because a worker can only come to Malaysia if he's invited and given the invite for the visa, mm. meaning there's no way he can leave his country mm. to come here with a tourist visa and look for a job. So certain people have found a loophole and we must put an end to this because uh, it is human trafficking. Mm. And uh, I think earlier, the previous minister, he just uh, took, took action on the Housing Act but uh, in reality, there's uh, violations of uh, Industrial Relations Act, there's the uh, uh, Employment Act violations, and of course, Atipsom uh, also should kick in. Um, and, and not forgetting the other commercial crimes and the anti-corruption and anti-money laundering crimes. So it's quite serious, yeah. Adrian, thanks so much for speaking with us. That was Adrian Pereira, Executive Director of the North-South Initiative, giving us his thoughts on reforms needed for the uh, migrant worker system. Uh, it's 7.59 in the morning. We're going to head into the 8 a.m. News Bulletin, but first a quick message. In a rapidly evolving landscape, OUM is setting the stage for groundbreaking initiatives to enhance their offerings and foster strategic partnerships. But what industries are they working with and how are they ensuring their role in the future of education? Join us tomorrow at 7pm where we, when we talk about all this with Professor Dr. Santi Raghavan, Vice President and Deputy Vice Chancellor of Learner Experience and Technology as well as with Professor Dr. Muhammad Tajuddin Muhammad Ningal, the Vice President of Academic Research, both from Open University Malaysia. Alright, coming up next is the 8am News Bulletin followed by The Breakfast Grill where Keith Kam speaks to Tariq Ahmad, Director at CAF Equities and also Deputy CEO of CAF Investment Bank. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.